Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Secure Retirement Podcast. This is April Showen, and I'm sitting here today with John Curry. Hey April. I'm glad you guys could join us today. Today we're doing something a little different. Instead of John's normal format of interviewing special guests, uh, I'm going to do a little bit of interviewing him a little bit today, but we're also really going to be talking about Medicare. So we're going to go through some of the basics around Medicare, how it works, and how it's going to impact your retirement income planning. So you may hear a little bit of shuffling around. John, I've got some notes in front of us. Medicare, as you know, is a very complicated subject. When we have our live seminars and workshops on Medicare, they're at least an hour and a half. Sometimes we've had them as long as two hours, getting into all the nitty-gritty details of Medicare. Yes, and referring to that, what we're going to do, folks, is just give you a overview, an overview, and we're just going to look at our seminar pages, our notes that we use to do that. And some things uh, I'm just going to probably pop out and share some of my experiences, April, since I've been through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of clients, have, as you know, I'm, I'm thinking of a half dozen people right now that um, one of our fav- favorite guys who's constantly bugging us about Social, uh, Social Security and Medicare uh, in, a good, in a good way, but it's forced us to learn. So I want to make a comment. Over the years, I've been doing this for 44 years. Friday would be starting my 45th year. I've had the pleasure of helping a lot of people. And every time they come to me with a challenge or a problem and I learn it, it helps them, but it helps me with my own personal planning and it allows me to help other people. That's right. So where do you want to start here? Well, first I was going to make a comment too, um, John, that you're, you're 66. You'll be 67 in December. So just to give some context here, you've, you've already gone through this yourself. You're already on Medicare. You're collecting Social Security. So some of this that we go through, uh, I think it'd be very good for you to give some of your firsthand experience about working with Medicare. Uh, I'd be happy to. Let me, let me just start off with that then. Uh, and it will hit some of our notes here, so mm-hmm. we might be able to uh, make it even briefer. Because we could spend, like you said, two hours on this. Right. And we're going to try to do this in about 20 minutes as, a, as an overview. And I would encourage everyone to come, either come to one of our full-blown webinars or come to one of our seminars or come in for a visit with us if they want to. But in my case, Medicare is a little different. You're supposed to enroll when you're 65 years old. But there's a provision that if you are 65 and you're covered under a group insurance plan that has 20 or more people, then you can delay it. We'll get into that later, mm-hmm. I know. I waited until I was 66 to enroll in Medicare Part B. So we'll touch on that yes. later. But that was the first thing for me that I I knew about it, but I didn't really understand it. Mm-hmm. So when people say you have to enroll in Medicare at 65, that's true for Part A. Part B, it may not be true. Right. Good. Well, let's just kind of start at the top here. So, John, what is Medicare? Well, basically, it's a national health insurance program. Uh, I find it funny. People talk about, well, we need uh, some type of national health insurance program. Well, we have it already. And mm-hmm. that's why some people in, in running for president are saying we should have a Medicare for everybody. Medicare for all. Medicare mm-hmm. for, thank you. Uh, it's administered by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Mm-hmm. And it's you enroll through the Social Security Administration. Okay. Who is eligible for Medicare? The short answer is everyone over age 65. For sure, all U.S. citizens, and if you're a legal resident for at least five continuous years in the U.S., then you qualify. And in certain cases, 
people who are under 65 can qualify April if they are receiving certain disability benefits from Social Security. Right. Good. Okay, so I know there are different parts of Medicare. Yes, <laughs> and there's some moving parts too. Yes, exactly. So let's um, walk through, John, and if you could talk about the four parts of Medicare. Okay. Well, uh, the most common one is Part A. That's the one you have to enroll in, in when you turn 65. That co- covers what we call the hospital insurance part of it. Part B is what covers the medical side, paying the doctors. So A is hospital. B covers medical doctors. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have a Part C. Part C is what we call Medicare Advantage. We'll come back to that one. Part D is Medicare prescription drug coverage. So the question will come down to, does someone take A and B, okay, and D, or do they qualify or prefer to go with a Medicare Advantage plan? So let me explain the difference in those two plans. Anything you want to throw in here before I do that? No, you're good. Perfect. So with original Medicare, which is the way I went, I chose to go with Part A and Part B, and I purchased a Medicare supplement policy. Now, why did I do that? I actually took a look at, studied CHP Advantage, which is very popular in our community. But because of my desire to be able to travel and go anywhere I wanted to and not worry about a bill, and I'm talking about in the U.S. now, but also foreign travel, but I wanted a plan that I walk in the door I handle my Medicare card, my insurance card, and that's it. You know, but for some people, some of our clients who especially work with the Florida retirement system that are covered under CHP now, they find that the CHP Advantage plan is very good for them. Now, and so CHP is for people in the Tallahassee area. That is correct. What about people who um, are under FRS but are not in Tallahassee? Those people, many of those will choose the Blue Cross Blue Shield Advantage plan. And there's others out there. Oh, yes. So, and, and just full disclosure, neither April nor I are licensed to sell Medicare supplement policies. We're not involved in that side of the business. We don't want to be mm-hmm. so that we can be clear and not have to worry about getting a conflict of interest. I tell people, if you want to meet my guy who wrote me my policy, I'd be happy to introduce you but I'm not going to tell you to do it or not do it. That's up to you. But I'm, I will tell you that for me, the original Medicare approach made more sense. For others, it's not. Now, uh, you, I'd like you to share what we experienced with a gentleman who had Medicare mm-hmm. Advantage when he was traveling had an issue, and they've, they've made that better. It's not quite as onerous, but would you take a minute and share that? Yeah, so we have a client who... Lives in Tallahassee, retired in Tallahassee, but they also have a second home in the mountains. And he has a Medicare Advantage plan, uh, as John was mentioning. And so while traveling to their second home, he had a sinus infection, something along those lines, and goes to the hospital. His Medicare Advantage plan, they did not cover it. They decided to deny the claim. And then he was getting bills from the hospital you know, to cover the full cost of him going uh, going in for those services. So for him, 
uh, it made more sense for him to then look at having original Medicare with a supplement it, since he's going to be doing so much travel outside of the area where he's covered under the Medicare Advantage plan. And, and the best way to think of this, folks, is think of the Advantage plan as being outsourced to a private company and they give you parts A, B, and C in one package. That's the best way to look at it. In my case, in my wallet, I have not only my Medicare supplement policy, that card, I also have something for my drug card, a different plan. And that's more interesting because each year you can change during the open enrollment. And uh, my representative and I talked just last week, we know we'll be changing my drug plan this year. Uh, I think it's in October. Uh, but anyway, the it's complicated, but it doesn't have to be as complicated as some people make it. But it's really two choices, original Medicare or Medicare Advantage. Right. And I would just say, too, deciding between these two plans, it's all going to come down to your individual situation. And so when we are having our seminars or our webinars on Medicare, I do think that's helpful, but also spending time uh, walking through our planning process, we can walk through some of these these issues between the two plans and, and talk about them. Right. And, and again, I'll say this. We don't claim to be experts in Medicare or Social Security, but we know a lot more than most people because we read and study it. I'm, I'm reading something every week on this stuff, mm-hmm. sometimes daily. Uh, I want to talk just a little bit about the enrollment side, too, though. Uh, and I mentioned this earlier, that if you're in a group plan that has 20 or more people, then you don't have to automatically enroll in Part B at age 65. But Part A, you do. Uh, you and I are working with someone right now who delayed, and they're probably going to have to pay a penalty. Right. And let's talk about that just a minute. If you do not enroll in the correct time frame, you may have what's called late enrollment penalties. And that means that your Medicare premiums are higher, not just for a little while, it's a higher cost for the rest of your life. So this is important, that when you know it's time to do it, get in there. We tell people, start checking into this at least three months before you are age 65. Right. So anyway, just we could spend a whole session just on that. But Good. for me, it was critical that I made sure I had a proper coordination of benefits so I didn't lose anything from my group plan going to Medicare right. Part B. Right. So it's important that you enroll on time. It's important that you do it in a manner where you don't have a lapse of coverage. Agreed. Okay. So talking about enrollment, how do you enroll in Medicare? Well, for me, Part A was easy. You won't believe this, I know, since I love computer stuff so much. I went to Social Security website. I went right into the Medicare and I walked through there, typed it in, enrolled in Part A, told them that I was still under a group plan, wanted to defer on Part B, and it worked. I got a phone call five days later, and the representative was very nice, very professional, walked me through what I had done, here's when your benefits will start, et cetera. Good. And I said, perfect. Good. So you did all of that online through the Social Security website. That's correct. Good. That's correct. Same thing when it came time to enroll for Social Security. Did the same thing online. Very good. Okay, so switching gears from enrollment a little bit, let's talk about what Medicare covers and what Medicare does not cover. Okay. So here's what Medicare covers. 
if you have a stay in a hospital, it's going to cover 100% of hospital stay for the first 60 days. Okay. For your medical services, well, this is going to be your doctor visits and any sort of outpatient services. Medicare will cover 80% of, medic, of the Medicare approved amount. Um, and it's also going to cover some preventative services like flu shots, screenings, things along those lines. And that's why you want to have, let me back up, you don't, you don't have to do what I did, but that's why I chose to have the Medicare supplement policy so that if I'm in the hospital for longer than 60 days, I've got a plan to cover that gap. Right. And same thing, anything that 20% would be covered. Mm-hmm. When I had my surgery back in February for an artery, an aneurysm repair in my right artery, I walked in, I gave them the two cards, and that was it. And then when I did it in July for the left leg, same thing. I just, I haven't gotten a bill yet. And I got one, and I called my guy and said, don't pay it. It's crossover in the mail. Don't worry about it. So the Medicare supplement gives you additional um, peace and security. And the Advantage plans do yeah, too. That's right. It, it's the original Medicare that's covering up to that 80%. And then that's when you would have an Advantage plan or you'd have a supplement to cover the gaps. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. But it's also noteworthy to talk about what Medicare does not cover. You want to cover that? Sure. Yes, I agree. So a lot of people think that Medicare, especially when you're going into retirement, that it is now going to cover everything. Anything health-related, they think that Medicare is going to cover cover is going to cover that. And that's and this, not true. And this is key. What you're about to hear, folks, they will not cover even a dollar of it. So... Um, when you start learning about this, you'll learn that about 20 or 25 pages in the manual. I've still got my manual over there on the shelf of all the stuff they would cover. Mm-hmm. And then this one little page about what they wouldn't cover. Right. So April, walk them through that. Yes. So what, what Medicare does not cover, it will not cover long-term care services. It's not going to cover care outside of the U.S. It doesn't cover dental care, vision care, hearing aids, cosmetic surgery, acupuncture, other alternative care, uh, those are some of the things that Medicare does not cover. Right. And I have people constantly saying, how in the world is it that it wouldn't cover dental and vision? I mean, those are, those are things that make sense that should be covered. And we hear about hearing aids a lot, too. Yes. Especially as we get older. It's What'd you say? <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's more and more common that people need hearing aids, and they are expensive, and it's not covered. You are not right, John Curry. I admit that, and uh, it's my mama's fault. (laughs) Blame it on everybody else, right? That's right. That's right. Okay, um, we can now get into, John, is there anything else you want to cover about overall Medicare? I know we want to talk a little bit about planning for future costs and planning for long-term care. The only thing I would say, April, is this is not as intimidating as some people make it out to be. It's truly a matter of sitting down with someone who is knowledgeable and let them look at all of your financial resources and help you coordinate it. The biggest expense people are going to have in retirement is going to be health care. Right. Uh, repeat that. The biggest expense that you're going to have in retirement, if you retire, say, 65 or 66, and you live 20 or 30 years in retirement, you're going to pay a huge amount of money, $300,000, $250,000, $300,000 is what people are projecting if you look at studies. Um, 
So if, if it's going to be that expensive, how do you find it? What's the best way to structure your assets? Because the premiums have to be paid for something. Right. And Medicare premiums come out of your Social Security check. Right. And if you don't collect Social Security, because some people don't, then you have to pay them directly. Pay them directly. But I would say just be, just be aware it takes planning. And it shouldn't be something you do in isolation. It should be, okay, Medicare is another type of health coverage. I need to plan for that as part of my retirement package. Because most people take it for granted while they're working and the employer is paying all or part of it. Right. And then all of a sudden they're blindsided. It's going to cost me how much a month? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and I have seen that. Oh, yes. We see, we see people who are paying more for their health care coverage then they paid on a mortgage payment. Oh, yeah. And then we see people, by the time you look at their health insurance premiums, plus their out-of-pocket costs for medications, is much more than they paid on a mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. I want to reiterate some of those numbers again uh, for those listening. So it depends on the research that you look at, but the average couple will need around $280,000 to cover health care while they're in retirement. That usually breaks down, uh, some of the research we see, it, it breaks it down for men and women. For men, it could be around 130000 For women, around 150000 Again, depends on the source. And, and let's address it. The one you just quoted is the Employee Benefit Research Institute. They do a great job of reporting, and they have no vested interests. They're not out there trying to sell financial products, mutual funds, or anything I like theirs because they don't sell financial products. Right. You'll see some conducted by insurance companies. I love my insurance companies. I love what I do. Love the investments. But I like the fact that you're getting it from, from an institute that do not directly sell a product. Yeah. An unbiased opinion. That's right. That's right. One of the things I want to point out about the, these numbers, too, is those are just averages. Yes. So the longer you live, our life expectancy is going to have a direct impact on our cost for care. Well, it's not only that. Uh, I, I think in terms of my dad. My dad died at age 86. So I was thinking about this over the weekend, talking with a friend. I said, you know, if I live as long as my dad, I have 20 years ahead of me. Even with having open heart surgery in 2008 and the surgeries on my legs, as I referred to earlier, I still think that because I take care of myself, I have a better than average life expectancy, but who knows? Right. So I don't know. I don't know how long I'll live, but I know this. If I live a long life, I better understand that I'm going to have my health insurance premiums, which are going to increase because of inflation. Correct. And medical inflation is much higher rate than just what we call economic inflation. Meaning what? That the cost of health care is much greater and faster increase than inflation is. So I have to assume, and in my plan, I assume 5% increase at least. Mm-hmm. And it's been between 5 and 7 depending upon who you listen to. I don't want to scare people half to death, but you have to take the mindset that health insurance in retirement is important, more important than now for most of us, and it is going to be expensive. Right. And we have to plan for it. Just like part of your planning for your children's education. That's right. That's right. Good. Good. Now, the numbers we were just um, quoting about future health care costs, I do want to point out, too, that that does not include costs for long-term care. Correct. This is just general overall health care costs that one may see in retirement and does not include if they had a long-term care need. So long-term care is not covered by Medicare, 
It's not covered if you had a, a supplement policy uh, as well. So if you had a long-term care need, you would need some sort of other assets or insurance to help cover the offset those costs. Correct. And by the way, I will say I'm one who does not have long-term care insurance. I took the approach that because of the life insurance I have in place, other investments, Social Security, pension plans, that if I needed a long-term care situation, that those resources could be used. Right. And who, who knows for sure what will who be the final judge? Was that a good choice or not? I think it's good because I could use reserves from my life insurance policies to cover a lot of things even now. Yes, exactly. And uh, like we always say to all of our clients, we need a plan for long-term care. It may not be, like you said, as long-term care insurance, but we need a plan, and not just for long-term care. We need a plan for long-term care, but we also need a plan for how we're going to pay for these health care costs in retirement. Well, let's be honest about it. If we live long enough, we're going to get sick. If we get sick, we're going to need care. Right. If we need care, we've got to pay for it. Then we haven't talked about caregiving. <laughs> Pretty much everyone listening to my voice now at some time will either be a caregiver or a care receiver. Right. Unless we're fortunate just to die in our sleep um, and not be a burden. Uh, I will share a personal story real quick. My mother died April of this year. She was very sick, went to a nursing home on a Thursday. On Friday, good mood, sharing good laughter with some people, died on Monday. Mm-hmm. So you you don't know. You may go to a nursing home and be there for 11 years like my grandmother. You may go to a nursing home and be there five days like my mom. Right. Yeah, five mm-hmm. days. So we don't know. Uh-huh. And these are things that we, we don't have a crystal ball, so we can't project accurately. But what we can do with our retirement rehearsal that we do with clients we can help them project. Mm-hmm. And so if you have to use this money, here's how you can, you could apply it. Very good. Well, John, uh, thank you for taking the time today to talk about and cover some of the basics on Medicare. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we sign off? I, I just want to share one thing, April, and that is do this as part of your holistic planning. Uh, get some guidance. And, and again, it doesn't have to be us. Uh, April is very good at this. I'm good at it. I'm a geek about it. I love this stuff. And I give speeches on it. In fact, I was honored to be uh, part of a presentation at my Rotary Club just a few weeks ago. And the gentleman who was presenting, he says, wait, we got an expert in the room. Let's get Curry up here. So at the end of the meeting, uh, I was asked to go up and share my experiences. So I would just simply say, don't wait for the last minute. Get some guidance. Get some help. And uh, but I would say thank you for taking the time to do it because this is way overdue <laughs> to have this for part of our uh, podcast system. That's so right. thank you. Thank you. All right. If you would like to know more about John Curry Services, you can request a complimentary information package by visiting johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Again, that is johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Or you can call his office at 850-562-3000. Again, that is 850-562-3000. John H. Curry, Chartered Life Underwriter, Chartered Financial Consultant, Accredited Estate Planner, Master's in Science and Financial Services, Certified in Long-Term Care. 
Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. Securities, products, and services and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor. Financial Representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect, wholly-owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial Corporation is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities. Park Avenue Securities is a member of FINRA and SIPC. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this material, we are not undertaking to provide investment advice for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact one of our financial professionals for guidance and information specific to your individual situation. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, or employees do not provide legal, tax, or accounting advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances, not affiliated with the Florida Retirement System. The Living Balance Sheet and the Living Balance Sheet logo are registered service marks of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Copyright 2005 through 2018. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities or Guardian and opinions stated are their own.